Welcome to the Cousin Brew Show! Yeah, What is up, brother Cuz? It's been a long time. It's been a long time. I shouldn't have left you without a fat beat to step to. Yeah, you definitely um, shouldn't have done that. Uh, let's go. It's good, man. It's good. Just uh, getting a little more entrenched in the old b-ball. I'm uh, enjoying some of the stuff I'm seeing from certain teams. It's a uh, little uh, some diversity going on. Some of the uh, we were going to talk about one of the uh, legendary franchises that uh, seems to be in a free fall. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you picked these topics here, Kaz, because, um, you know, a couple years ago, Boston was like, you know, kind of hanging out at the party, showing off all their money and, you know, talking about how they have so many options. <laughs> what are they going to do? <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to talk about the Boston Celtics. Uh, I liked I really did like your list. Zion Williamson, maybe a little Luka Doncic and some Cleveland Cavaliers was actually my favorite on your your list yes. of topics that you sent over. But uh, yeah, but before we get into that with the world ending and everything, um, how, how are you looking at the, you know, 2021? Are you got any big plans for 2022? What's going on with you? Uh, 2022, man. Ooh, ooh, wow, man. That's, that, you know, that's a couple of weeks away. So I'm trying to, you know, in my life, I'm trying to stay present. You know, mm. <laughs> so I know I got some, you know, business wise, you know, the training and uh, that's definitely expanding for those of you who don't know. Um, definitely, I do a lot of speed training. And so we're definitely expanding that. And uh, yeah, for those of you in the Northern California area, if you're looking to up your game or you got kids in competitive sports, uh, cause is kind of fast. If you haven't heard was back in the day, had my had, I had my moments. Was, was that before or after this last week? <laughs> <laughs> last week was uh, not my best moment, and the scale uh, confirmed that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's about that's the big thing, you know. And just uh, keep doing the old uh, husband dad thing. How about yourself? I mean, I know, and I also I need to you know step on my game in the business. The 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 the, uh, the website is passing me by. So uh, I'm definitely going <laughs> to get a little bit more involved. Yeah, we might have to bring of... back cause versus technology just to pump you up for, for all really... things technology and web. Um, you know, husbanding and dadding is, is, is kind of like a big deal. That's a, a huge piece of the life <laughs> these days. Yeah. I'm in the terrible twos section of the program, which I actually think is great. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm a sucker for this stuff. Like... I could do it all day. Even while Skylar, my son, is having temper tantrums, I'm just, like, laughing. Like, I don't know why. It's, to me, it's not hilarious, like, I'm laughing at you funny, but it's just kind of cute, you know? It's like, oh, you're really upset because you didn't get an ice cream. <laughs> you know? Yes, yes. <laughs> like, I'm like, the simple things in life. I wish I was two. Um, and then I actually run around and play like I'm two. And, uh, you know, that's a good, that, I like that gear for me is, is pretending to be a two-year-old. Uh, other than that, uh, sports ethos is growing like crazy. This is probably the great time to make the clarion call. If you are a football contributor, we are expanding into football this upcoming season. And uh, also looking for sales executives in the Sacramento area is uh, the other thing. So two kind of different things, but uh, very exciting as well. And 
Without further ado, cause let's talk some hoops, man. It's been a bit. Oops. I, I want to talk some hoops with you. I want to talk Celtics because it feels like maybe they hit the radar a couple weeks ago when Marcus Smart, uh, you know, when keeping it real goes right. I don't know. I kind of yeah. liked what he did talking that was, all that trash. It was so funny because I'm, you know, I'm online and I come across this article and it's, it says Marcus Smart's unhinged attacks his <laughs> his teammates and i'm like oh, unhinged boy. like he's donald trump or something yeah like i'm like oh boy what did marcus smart do i click on the thing it's like he's sitting there in the like press zoom thing completely calm and completely articulate and a hundred percent telling the truth and i'm just like Dude, do you need to sell your... Do you need clicks that bad? Unhinged? Like, what are you talking about? Like, what are you... He didn't, he didn't mention any names. He, I was like... I was dying laughing. That's there are some rather troubling elements of that, if I had to guess. Just thinking out loud here. Um, <laughs> that's funny. Marcus Smart. Uh, I love Marcus Smart. I think he plays the game mostly the right way. He's got some irrational confidence on the offensive yes. side, but you know, even the like Chris Paul esque competitive flopping. <laughs> is there a better flopper in the league than, than Chris Paul? Than, I was gonna say Marcus Smart, but you know, it's a it's a tough that's a tough division of competitive flopping. I don't know, but that could be a show. Yeah, yeah. it could be a show in and of itself. We'll have to do that countdown. Maybe for New Year's. <laughs> if we do more than one show a month, I think we can fit it in. <laughs> <laughs> but the Celtics, uh, you know, it's like, man, first of all, Danny Ainge, how overrated is that guy? Like, seriously, <laughs> leaving an absolute fire in his way, like writing all of those articles that he most definitely worked hard to get planted and then just like sails away like, sorry, guys, your problem. <laughs> you can do it, Brad. You got this. Um, so, I mean, yeah, back two years ago, three years ago, sitting on all these different assets and trying to figure out what to do with them. And now they are down to a really like a skeleton team. And I shudder to think what they would be without Al Horford, who barely played last year. I mean, I mean, are we, is this, is he comeback player of the year? He's balling out. You know, there's got to be a disclaimer in there for, like, the OKC thing. Because, like, and, and that's its own show. Like, I, who knows what those guys are doing over there? To, I, I, I would be strange to say that they would want to move the franchise again. But it's very, like, move the franchise type behavior. And, and those guys would know it best, you yeah. know, yeah. how to do it. Um, that, that, that notwithstanding, I mean, he basically was on a redshirt year last year so it's kind of hard to like say <laughs> i know like you didn't come you can't, you're coming back because you put absolutely no effort whatsoever in the, in the 10 games that you played like come so. back from the couch i don't know <laughs> he uh he's he like everybody else is playing so many minutes because they are so shallow as a team and right now they sit at 14 and 14 in the east in the playoffs along with the hawks in the play-in game can you imagine that um, if it all ended today, which it could conceivably do. I think half the league came down with COVID in the last yeah. week. Like, I mean, that's, and yeah. it's not just the NBA. It's like oh, all sports. 
Yeah, and, NFL, I think, at 75 yesterday. And is that Omicron, I guess? You know, I, I keep up, but I try not to, like, you know, I don't know. I'm not deep diving the COVID. It's just yeah. be smart, get vaccinated, you know, be smart. And then that's my plan. And, and hopefully that works for everybody else. Um, but they... Um, I wonder if this one is just going to like rip through everything and, and we're going to be looking at a work stoppage, you know, two, three weeks or something. Um, that's what it feels like right now. Sacramento, Alvin Gentry, just this last hour, he got it. He's old, 67 years old. So, you know, hope everything. Yeah, he, he, he looks like he's 57. Yeah, it looks good. Looks good. I, yeah. I hope I look like that at 67. The uh, So like that's ripping through teams left and right. And. And, and and we hope everybody does well with that. Um, but so Boston, um, not very deep. And a lot of guys that shouldn't be playing big minutes are playing big minutes. And that is a strange decision out of Ime Oduke. Definitely butchering the crap out of that name. Um, <laughs> apologies. And but I mean, I guess it's out of necessity. The, the one that always catches my eye is Robert Williams, a guy who's never been able to stay healthy i mean he's always been on a pitch count 24 minutes 22 minutes and still having problems with his knees he was up to like 35 minutes early in the season and then he couldn't hang you know they misses some games but those that core group of tatum jalen brown al horford marcus smart robert williams all playing you know big minutes up in the high 20s and and mid 30s in certain cases and then after that, you just have Dennis Schroeder, and really that's it. I mean, there were right. some players that we liked, or like, but maybe liked is the better word right now. Um, they, yeah. They're not taking those steps forward. Peyton Pritchard barely plays. Uh, Aaron yeah. Neesmith kind of barely plays. I thought he would have a pretty good season. Um, Grant Williams is playing, so that's nice. Yeah, he's playing... Um... So what, what's the, like, what do you think is the deal as far as, because this, you know, it, there seems to be more than, like, well, because Adoku is from, what, the uh, Popovich tree? Is that, that the right enunciation? What? Odo- Odoku? Uh, <laughs> you're asking me? I'm just, <laughs> I, I just, I, uh, no, no, it's not, no, it's got to be, what, Udoka, I would assume? Udoka, Okay. I, I was having trouble with uh, Alperin yeah. Shinjin the other day, so I'm yeah. like making it a point to get people's names right. Sorry, I digress. Yeah. Go, go on. Yeah, I mean, because he just got there, and I, I think from his perspective, I think he's taking a little bit of a maybe a football mentality of like, we got to make the playoffs, right? So mm-hmm. I'm gonna get us through this stretch. And if I have to, I'm not thinking about the big picture right now. I'm getting, we're winning. We got to win each game, you know, I'm taking it game by game. And if that means that Williams knees are going to pay the price later, I, I think it seems like he's fine with it, you know, because I think he's more like, if I don't make the playoffs, you know, I might be out of here in another year. So and that's uh, that's tough because you know he's got some guys that really need rest and really cannot log these minutes, and I, and I'm just wondering, 
you know, with like like Pritchard's a good example. Like I thought he played really well. Um, I thought he just played really well, and, and when I in the bits he gets, I just don't understand. Especially when you're having trouble with guys just chucking shots, having more of a like pure kind of pass first point guard on the floor could alleviate, in my opinion, some of those issues. But I mean, what, what's what's your take on just his the what's going on as far as the minutes and like what's the what's the underlying reason for it? Well, I, I think you nailed it on that they feel a pressure to keep this team and this iteration of it you know from hitting the bust you know like yeah because that's like that would be an existential you know you got to bro- blow it up kind of a deal and, and most of the time you don't want to get close to that button you know and now so yeah you play those guys the way that you've played them the problem with that is it's incredibly short-sighted and, and i wonder if brad stevens you know is is thinking like I'm going to get rid of this coach if he doesn't have a good year or if it's already baked into the equation, this is not going to be the greatest year. And, and he's definitely got another year after this one. Um, yeah. Cause he's, he was a highly sought after coach with a good reputation, <laughs> you know, coming from the pop tree, like typically you don't want to go one and out. I think, you know, yeah. as an especially organization. From, and especially from him being a coach, like understanding, you know, program building you would think that that wouldn't be his mentality i'm wondering if maybe he's decided that the the players have one more year and he's blowing it up maybe he's maybe he's got his guy and maybe he's playing these maybe he's doing the maybe the the mentality is let's go heavy minutes so we could put as much shine on these pieces as we can and then maybe a fire sale's coming if they don't if they don't uh if they don't answer the bell. There are a lot of interesting trade pieces right now in the NBA. I, I mean, I in, in my backyard, I, I watch what's going on with the Kings, and, you know, you got Darren Fox is available, you know, and talking about the Celtics, Jalen Brown, to me, so you've got two guys that are making coin, you know, 30 mil-ish per year right. locked up. Jason Tatum, five years now, I think is what he got left on yep. his deal. And then Jalen Brown's yep. sitting on like three years. And yeah, so it's 20, yeah, 2026 Tatum, 2024 for Brown. So these guys are, I mean, you're asking yourselves, can these two play together? And you got the answer from Marcus Smart. And the answer is no, they can't <laughs> because I, I watch Jalen Brown and I, I get really frustrated because he's one of the smarter players in the NBA. And I right. go, why can't, you extend that to the floor you know there's something about his game that doesn't make other players better and it, t- it tilts to me the offense in a way that's not beneficial overall so he right. can have a big game but it just doesn't matter and I, there's so many players like that in the league where yeah you can get yours but you know what are you doing to press the other three defenders on the floor you know and there's you know, that I think is the swing piece. There was a question that got posed to me, like, would you trade De'Aaron Fox for Jalen Brown <clears throat> if you're a Sacramento and they need a three and they have too many guards? So, I mean, it's like on the surface, it's it's a 
a need that you need and then you know you're you're not happy with Darren Fox in Sacramento so you get rid of your surplus this one should be kind of a no-brainer right but my thing would be like how do you how do you make the big investment in Jalen Brown unless you had a conversation with him where you think that he has the offensive philosophy to to like pull it all together because he's a great player yeah I I'm just wondering about you know, when you this this lineup, you look at this team and it's screaming for, you know, you have no true point guard. Like if you're just looking at the starters, you got no true point guard. You have a lot of skilled guys, maybe those starters, Brown, Tatum, Al Horford, all those guys can pass you, go by mismatches, you know. And you just this this lineup screams for like a Spurs triangle type of ball movement no point guard offense right and yes. for some reason this doesn't they're not doing any this is a take turns this to me when I watch them they look like you know OKC with Westbrook and Durant you know just kind of like the spacing is slightly better but there's not really anything going on and they don't seem to have any sort of concept of even making their own life easier, which is something that I think like maybe like Durant was always good at, like even in OKC, he at least knew how to make things better for him. And I don't even see that from this Celtics team. And it's kind of like, I don't understand how you could be so bad at I don't want to blame because I think it's a lot of these coaches that come from these great coaching trees don't seem to do well on their own. Like, you know, um, Jacques Vaughn was a complete disaster coming from the pop tree. Phil Jackson's never even had a decent assistant head coach, you know. So I I, I don't know why this doesn't really rub off (laughs) on these assistants, but they're just out there just kind of – there's no, I don't, there's no real concept to anything that they're doing. There, there's going to be a conversation in a few seconds here on, on Luka Doncic and some of the um, stories that came out today, this morning, were about Rick Carlisle and mm-hmm. some yes. of his, um, the way he worked with his assistant, Jamal Mosley. Mm-hmm. And I see a lot of coaches in the league, especially as they get older, you know, they don't identify with players. And so they like delegate that to assistants. And yeah. assistants seem to get really entrenched in that side of the operation. And then I wonder how hard it is to just, you know, go back to the, the first seat and, you know, have that's a different role where, you know, the buck stops with you. You're the one under the, you know, under fire all the time. You've got to tell somebody at the end of the day that they got to either do this or do that. Whereas if you're an assistant, you can kind of massage that through a little bit better as the mm-hmm. intermediary so maybe something like that is 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 behind what you're saying um yeah. but you're right they don't have any any sort of tempo uh some of that a lot of it is actually on jason tatum as well i mean he kind of catches yeah. a, a pass on this stuff and no he i mean when i i'm sorry to interrupt but when i watch them play he's the big problem <laughs> as talented as, as talented as he is he he does not he has no concept of, of 
importance of possession, no, no, no um, clock management. What you know, he has, doesn't seem to be even again for himself. He doesn't even seem to be setting up his own guys. You know, he doesn't even see. He doesn't even seem to like. That's cancer, what, by the way. That when you don't set up your own guys, like yeah. basically, I think what you're saying is like he's not even like. Even when he's the primary and he's in ISO, like, or maybe a screen's coming, or maybe whatever spacing elements taking place, like he's not even waiting for guys to get get in the right spot. And right, he's not waiting for guys, and he's not even he's not even recalling what he did on the last move to 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 make a counter to make another move. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he he's not even like just playing. He's not even playing one on one basketball. It's like he has like. 40 like, moves he's going to try that predetermined day. moves determined move in in 40 different orders and has no kind of concept for you know it's like the man, random I number generator he's like i'm going to do the step back this time here yeah, it comes you know? <laughs> yeah yeah i mean so so sorry so he's, yeah no sorry well i just that. think it's because his, okay so that's that's his issue then with like jalen brown he's just constantly looking to break down his guy kind of by any means necessary <laughs> you know it's and and then so he drives into a space with maybe two players or three players and the the you know the release options not even like aware of where he should stand you know and so right. then it becomes a bad possession and these are the things that rip the team apart and also when the writing's on the wall i mean again i'll just go to sacramento it's the easy example like those guys know that Bagley's getting traded that heals what like as far out on the trade block as you can get and they got like Bagley's playing so like they're not even like putting their best team on the floor and they've got a new interim coach it's like no this is one two three Cancun we're done um in Boston it's not as bad but they're like Technically, it's not as bad, yeah. <laughs> but they're still like, okay, like, we know this isn't going to work with this crew. We have a thin team. Our cap is now somewhat, you know, flexed a little bit because of the two yeah. guys. Once you pick your two guys that you're going to invest big money in, this is why the Ben Simmons stuff is so yeah. hilarious to me. It's like, once you pick those two guys, like, you're just hamstrung everywhere else unless you know that you're a big market team and you're going to take a shot at a chip and you can pay whatever on the tax and the cap and you know right you're so like every players aren't dumb they know the same stuff like we might not have enough guns to compete here and right. so like the trade rumor hits or the rumor bill hits and it hits so much faster than what people see in the news like these guys right. know where they're going to be traded like two months in advance <laughs> <It's>, right <laughs> And, you know, we find out about it like a week before it happens. And so then you're like, that's why the whole team was like up and down for an entire two months. You know, win one, lose one, win one, lose one. Um, I think with Jalen Brown, he's the piece that you probably move. I, I, I mean, I say that with a question mark because we can pick apart Tatum's game. I don't like the health <laughs> situation with, with uh, Jalen Brown. Yeah. Um, yeah, he would probably be because conventional wisdom tells you that and history tells you that Jason Tatum could get, you know, 35, 40, 30 in high end, highly well defended playoff games. So that would be the guy you just would need. It's just about, you know, 
teaching and accountability. And on his part, you know, he has to sacrifice uh, and want to win. Um, but, you know, it's, it's just hard, I think, is just looking from a pure basketball thing. I mean, we've talked about this. You just don't get two young dynamic wings especially one that could D the way that Jalen Brown does. I mean, that's in general is a recipe for really good teams, right? Like you have two, I mean, and then you throw Williams in there. If you can get his minutes under control and just play him. I mean, those are three really long, really athletic guys who could cause a lot of problems and it's just hard to break it up. But this is... Well, and Horford and Smart are... I mean, we're talking really... Like, do you want to face the Celtics if they're playing well? If they get, if like, that well. one piece that they need. Like, Schroeder is not the piece. Like, he's definitely needed. Yeah. He's, he's like, been basically a starter all year. And you need that mm-hmm. production. But, like, you need... I mean, it'd be easy to pick, like, Chris Ball or something, you know? Like, right. you, you need a <laughs> quality guard to come right. in and, and orchestrate some of this stuff that commands respect. Right. And that, I think, is at, like, the core of this is, is, is Brown probably knew that he had the ultra green light. If you're management, you probably want Brown to be the guy that goes huge. So if you are thinking trade, that you can trade him. He had some huge games already, like 45 and something, like, double-digit, you know, double-double and, like, big games. And then this pesky injury situation came and yeah. that's probably pissing a lot of people in Boston off because they're like, okay, we do need to make a move, and he's the guy that we got to move in a big blockbuster trade, and now right. you're hurt, and right. doesn't look that great. The timer, man, the time, like, they, they sat on all those assets and did all that nothing. Wow. And blew it. Blew it. <laughs> Danny Ainge was a genius the whole time. Genius. genius. Look at all that I've collected. You got uh, you got anything else before we move on to, and I'm not going to say what you said in, in the, the show notes here. We're just going to call okay, it Zion. So, <laughs> yeah, I think that him and... Because a lot of people are upset out there, Cause <laughs> You can't call you. Zion overweight. Yeah. You, you can't do it. Can't do it. I think, no, Shout I think out Eddie that, Johnson. Yeah. I, I love listening to Eddie Johnson. <laughs> go off on oh, this was he, was he going was he going off he on went that, off on, on it i was in the car you know one of those rare times i was in the car i was listening to eddie johnson go off but, but, so, so just yeah so quick would you so you you uh, are you you're moving to blow this thing up i i, I really team. i think so just because i don't trust either of tatum or brown to figure out offensive basketball fast enough and then it's buyer beware with with whoever picks up the big contract on brown i mean you got injury issues they are what they are it's not a, I wouldn't just I wouldn't not do the deal because that's there, but I would want to yeah. be in a room with him talking with him, like watching film of him doing stuff that he shouldn't be doing and, and say, like, what do you think about this? And that's not really a, you're not going to get that access point as, as a, you know, a team trying to trade for him. You'd have to figure it out somehow. Is is that is he capable of taking that big brain of his? You know, he's one of the smartest guys in the NBA. Can he, like, flip the switch and figure out why he's doing what he's doing? Because it's like he can get to the spot, and he just doesn't know that it's not a great idea to get to the spot. Right, right. So somebody's got to get into his camp and, and try to figure that out. 
Um, okay, let's talk Zion. First of all, for those of you who don't know, Cos was like the only person in America. Were there other people in America or the world that had uh, John Morant over Zion? Well, now, yeah, I know Antonio Daniels. On uh, he he was a guy that and I, I didn't know. Now I didn't have him. Oh, I I didn't have him over. I said that it might be smart, and I thought at the end of the career, he does the uh, the Pelicans broadcast, right? Antonio Daniels? I think um, he does. I don't know. I, he's on. He's on the. He's on every day on uh, on uh, Sirius. Okay. Well, I think he does the uh, Pelicans broadcast, which has Joel Myers, which would make sense. Right. The NBA connection right there. Right. They are hilarious. Like I think they've yeah. devolved from like any like semblance of like we're gonna try to keep this down the middle to like we're just yeah. gonna call this like we're drinking at night and yeah. having a good time yeah. and talking trash. <laughs> And it's I love it. It's great. Usually I don't yeah. like the like ultra Homer cast, but they, they make yeah. it work somehow. Anyway, go on. Yeah. So I, I, de- I definitely saw that. I thought that, you know, Zion, it wasn't I, w- I was more in the camp that he's going to have a six to seven year career with probably four really explosive years. And I thought that John Morant was going to be probably at one point you know, one of the five best players in the league for a good eight to 12 years. <laughs> so that, that was kind of my thinking. But I, I knew that the Pelicans weren't in a position to have the courage to, you know, to do that. But now, I mean, boy, oh boy, this looks like the biggest steal. In, it's. I mean, I, I, it's looking bad. I mean... It's looking really bad. There, there are, I mean, there's only a few people that really, truly know. Though I want to say, like, actually, it doesn't feel that way. Like, you say that because, like, usually it's the player, the inner circle, and maybe, like, a couple people at the team really, truly know, like, what's the deal? You know, mm-hmm. is, is this, like, what is it, a medical? Is it, like, mental? Is it, you know, where is it out on, on that spectrum? Um, the, the way people talk about Zion around the league like, I want to say it was Greg Anthony on a, on a nightly telecast on NBA TV. Just sort mm-hmm. of like the dismissiveness in his comment. It wasn't even like words. It was just like, you know, <laughs> just <laughs> noise making when, when the name got brought up. Because like, it feels right. like everybody's like, dude, you're blowing it. Yeah. And it's, I got to say, at some point, if you don't come out as the athlete and talk about it in some way, shape or form, you leave it all to speculation. Right. It's it's unfortunate, like, you know, because I don't think athletes should have to, like, broadcast every element of their life and satisfy every, you know, wacko with a podcast with their their responses. (laughs) But not talking about us of course uh the the but that that silence and that organization and then the like the david griffin not on the same page with media like griffin barked back at media during media days like he's playing what are you guys talking about you know just so so um stressed out in in new orleans with ownership and the franchise players like in this position and everybody nobody looks happy you know brandon ingram doesn't look happy willie green oh, looks like he would love to pass a torch <laughs> yeah right yeah but he can't i, I just I really 
I really feel bad for guys like him because, you know, there's only, you know, so many of these jobs, but this is such a tough first gig, you know, and some of these coaches, they, they get these shots at these. It's one thing to have a bad team, but it's another thing to have a team where there's there's this all this chaos where you're not even remotely like when coaching is so little of a part of what you're trying to navigate. That's when things are really, really difficult and really, really difficult for a very, very young first-time coach. So I, I feel I definitely feel bad for and him. And it could be worse because, like, if they didn't have Jonas Valanciunas, you know, like, he's out there playing really well. Like, that's right. solidifying a major need in the NBA. It's just a big that can play well, you know, yeah. moderately yeah. well. And he's right. doing more than moderately well. Um, you know, Brandon Ingram's having not a great season, but he's Brandon Ingram, so he's hanging around and, and, and not making everything that bad. Um, right. But from there, it, gets, it goes downhill real fast. And yeah, so I just, I, with, with Zion, I think like the way I look at it is until he, until there's reports that he's taken that diet seriously, I can't take him seriously. Right. It, it's really, even- that's that and that's it. Yeah, because we're talking about even even if when you've had this many injuries, we're talking about from college, high school. And so even if, say, he comes out, he gets on top of the diet, he drops, you know, 35, 40 pounds, he's still not going to have the longevity, right? Even if he whips himself in this shape, we're simply we're now we're just because that's what I assumed. I assumed he would get to the league. He'd want to be a star. He'd want to win a championship. He's going to be in shape. And it's still only going to last for eight years, right? Like, at, at, his best, at his best form of Zion, we're not looking at a guy that's going to be playing 14 years in the league because his body is just not going to be able to take it. But he's not even giving him a chance at the eight. <laughs> he's not giving him – and I think that that I, – I think that he's having – because he's so young, I think he just doesn't realize how sharp that cliff is. When, when your body finally says no more, it's, it's quick. I'm going it's through always, it right now, Cause I'm not an oh, NBA athlete. You know, for those I, of you who don't know, I literally lost the ability to type. Like, I – years of, of of typing led to this but like my body it went so fast it was like a year of like just falling mm-hmm. down a cliff and then why i know he can lose weight and he's not losing it is like literally the you know i don't even want to say the doctors because the doctors are kind of worthless on this the the physical therapy people that you know really on the ground boots on the ground type people that are working with me pretty much every day of the week and at you know now they're like Okay, here's what you got to do. If if you want to have a future, you have to lose all this weight. You got to get into shape, and you got to have this routine. <laughs> and it was like sobering. It's like, man, yeah. like okay, I got to do this, and I can't be. And what I think it, with Zion, it's like all of my contemporaries get to go out and they get to do whatever, and they get to eat, and they get to this, and right. like I don't have to be at that stage in my career where I'm like fighting for my life, you know, my my, my basketball right. life, and it's like this resistance because that's the only thing that makes sense. Like otherwise, you have so much reason to do all of these things, but right. you don't do it because you you're not ready mentally for it. Um, but in terms of weight loss, like I mean, 
like I've lost 30 plus pounds in the last, you know, six months to get down to a healthy weight. Yeah. And it just took like discipline. (laughs) I didn't even exercise. It just took discipline. Right. There's no professional athlete that doesn't have every possible tool. This is the lighter version of the, uh, of the, the Eddie speech. Forgetting Eddie's last name. But, and then you think, and, and you think about it, like what you said is pretty telling, you know, about my, what his contemporaries doing. Imagine going out, if you're Zion Williams, imagine going out to eat with Brandon Ingram. That guy could probably have three steaks, you know, four desserts, and he might gain a pound. You know, his body, he's never going to have these issues. You know, he's just got one of those bodies. He's Tayshaun Prince, Kevin Durant. He's, the guy will not gain weight. You know, and you're Zion Williams <laughs> and you're just like, if you eat a bite of a Twinkie, it's going to add five pounds to you, you know? So uh, here's something really funny, cause it's the breaking news here. You'll never guess. We're pausing, right? What's up? Oh, no, no, no. We're, we're rolling. Okay. All, we're, right, all right. We don't pause the podcast around here. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> us? Okay. Us? What? Never. Um, no, the Utah. This is from Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, in case you didn't know. Uh, the Utah Jazz are hiring Danny Ainge as alternate governor and CEO of the Utah Jazz. Oh, Ainge will well, oversee basketball, and Justin Zanuck will remain GM. So that means that. Uh, Dwayne Wade wants Don- nothing to do with the team anymore. <laughs> Dwayne Wade wants something to do with the team. <laughs> Donovan Mitchell will be out of there as soon as possible. Um, so, I mean, all right. <laughs> yeah, I don't even want to cue. I can't remember Danny Ainge's comments from, was it, like six months ago. But I can't imagine wanting to play for that guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, there you go. I think we'll be going back in Utah. They'll be going back to the... Uh, it's crazy Adam that the, the Adam O'Keefe era, um, <laughs> the, you know, the, the, the Utah Jazz. Will hey, very hey what's jo- John Stockton up to other than anti-vaxxing, yeah. you know, uh, putting out conspiracy theories and the like. Um, that's pretty that new. The new owner, I thought he was like with it a little bit. Maybe not. So uh, hey. Zion needs to lose weight call me zion i got the great i got this diet that like work for anybody you're never hungry you feel great it's awesome call me i cost one million dollars though um okay do you want to fit in a little luca because like basically you know he's he's i know right uh Actually, I don't know, man. I, I think the Luca thing is like kind of to be continued. Like, and when I say the Luca thing, I mean like, okay, you come into camp out of shape. Like, is that news? Well, no, I, I think, but I think he's, I think it's as far as being mentally prepared to be a superstar, I think it's the same. Like, he's not. He, he doesn't understand. And it's not, it's not, it's one thing to not know how to win big games. That's, that takes time. But it's another thing to not know that what you're doing 
affects people. And I'm not even talking about the weight. I'm just talking about how he conducts himself on the floor. Like you cannot, you cannot spend the, you know, 80% of the time on the floor talking to reps. If your team needs, it's just not, it's just not, you can't do it. You can't, you, you have to run back on defense. You have to play defense. It was interesting to see Jason Kidd call that out. Huh? It was interesting to see Jason Kidd call that out. Oh, and, and, and the thing is, if Jason Kidd called it out, he's told him 50 times already. <laughs> this is not, Jason Kidd didn't get frustrated one day. Jason Kidd's had him into the office. Jason's kid pulled him aside. Hey, buddy, you know what? You know, and you did, Jason's kid did the, did the, you know, the Steve Kerr Durant thing. Hey, you know, when I was playing with so-and-so, he's done all that. How much did you yell at refs, Cause? At refs? Yeah. My coach? Coaching or playing? Uh, playing, never. And then, uh, but uh, coaching, you, it's a dance. You got to massage it. If you want anything done, <laughs> you got to massage it. You can't, the guy that just like, unless you're like a college coach, like that's been around forever, like, you know, like Coach K, they just scream at the refs the whole time. And the refs are intimidated. But other than that, it's a, it's a massage game. You, if you want it to mean something, you, you have to take your time and only, and, and you know, if, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a relationship. You're, you're dancing. You're telling me, understand, hey, you just missed this one. It just, it's a dance. You do the passive aggressive. You just missed this one. It's okay, though. We all miss one. Okay. <laughs> It's that one, yeah, you know. So it's a dance, but I think there's, we need to see more on on that. Like, just uh-huh. I, there's got to be more content. Hashtag content on coaches and ref relationships and and the games that get played at that level. Like yeah. you see it, you see it on you know some replays, and you see you know a little bit here and there, and maybe like a inside tracks on how they're talking with the refs. I, I just know my coaches, like, it was an art. I wouldn't even call it an art form because they were a little bit more like Coach K, like just yeah. constant fire hose of yelling at refs. And yeah. I bring that up because it really affected our teams. Like, we mm-hmm. all yelled at the refs. Right. Constantly. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah there was always every – and every, any, any time of for any kind of adversity – the go-to isn't like let's buckle down. It's like let's let's see what the let's see what we get on the refs about. Well, and, that story about uh, Rick Carlisle was basically that he was a hothead, and that turned off Luca because Luca was friends with Dennis um, Dennis Smith Jr. And so, like, Carlisle's basically treating Smith as the fourteenth guy and yelling at him a lot, and yeah. then they're f- friends so he's like right. you know f this guy like this yeah. this isn't you know what i want to be around and but that approach has sort of bled into luca's game if you know because carlisle's probably i mean i don't have like the the running count of carlisle yelling at refs or anything but i'm gonna imagine it's probably matching his coaching style and <laughs> i mean i bring it up because yeah. it was hard to stop and I watched Demarcus Cousins up close for years, right. and that was a dude who could not stop. Like you could have yeah. told him his whole family was gonna get you know pushed off a cliff or something. He's got to stop yelling at the refs for a game. He probably couldn't have done it. Right. There's a certain Rasheed Wallace, those kind of guys, Draymond, um, Luca, Luca. Yeah, and it's it's just one of those things where. You're going to have to, and he gets calls. It's not like the guy doesn't go to the line or anything like that. Um, well, the funny thing is he doesn't want to go to the line because he can't make a free throw. Yeah. 
Which is a which is another thing, like which is which is a thing in and of itself. I mean, the Carlisle thing. I, I thought what was a little bit disturbing about that article was the the thing where he was saying that um he he accused Smith of being jealous of Donkic, like pitting him against him, and like Donkic was like that never. You know, I, I'm friends with the guy. I don't think he's jealous of me or trying to like. That's, that struck me as a guy who was out of touch with his team, like. Like he thought yeah. he could get away with that dig, and then he didn't even know that they were that close or something. Like, but and, or, and the idea of like a guy want another guy, like they're saying, like he wanted, you know, Donovan Mitchell, and instead they took Smith. But there's that like that's ha- that happens in professional sports, where it's like the coach like saying instead of you know giving a i told you so or going back to the front office or management and being like hey this guy's garbage next draft i need to have more control or we got to figure out what's going or what you know my future is here instead they take it out on the guy it's not dennis smith jr's problem you know like he's he i have no doubt i don't i don't think dennis smith jr is trying to be a bad basketball player what an interesting <laughs> basketball player, by the way. Like, he's overweight a little bit still, and he can still rise. And he can c- still get up. He's definitely one of the best athletes. When I, you know, looking at pre-draft, I mean, he was, he's one of the more amazing guys that, you know, you watched film on. But it's not his fault that they drafted him that high. And I always think that there's a – I'm always interested in the character of the people that would take it out on a 19-year-old just because their organization made a bad decision. And if you recall, he was so up and down in Dallas, and it was probably a lot to do with that, you know? Like, you were like, okay, this guy's going to lift off and become really good, then just disappears. And injuries have played a big role in his career, um, but he's still playing and producing in Portland, and he's just sort of hung on. There might be this, like, little renaissance for him in the future where he actually becomes like a regular backup that produces on a good team or a decent team or something like that. So he's not all the way out of the league. Uh, I thought the Rick Carlisle stuff was just interesting because Indy's struggling and they're blowing it up. And, you know, maybe you, you, you kind of get like up high on the mountain sometimes and then, you know, something's got to bring you down. And, and Carlisle left Dallas before they could fire him yeah. and went to a place where they really needed name and it's like they just sucked for the first three weeks and their team was completely unbalanced and he probably went in and you know kicked a bunch of trash cans and told everybody that they got to do things xyz way um some of his stuff button heads with even like rondo who we've blasted on the show five million times um you know it's like a little bit of a come to jesus for rick carlisle if um he can't show some promise in indie after yeah. this December 15th trade line. Today is the 15th? It is the 15th. Yes, we might get yes. more breaking news during the show. Hey, let's talk about the Cavs. Ooh, Cleveland. I am so happy for these guys. Oh, yeah. It's just, I mean, it's just great when you see, like, I mean, Jared Allen getting a chance. We always, well, what if Jared Allen got 30 minutes? Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, Evan Mobley, <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah, that dude's kind of must-watch TV, right? The two of them next. And then when you heard in the preseason they're going to play Laurie Markin in a small forward, you're like, classic 
classic calves, you know, like that doesn't sound like it's going to work, but those two are so good that they can throw him out at the wing and yeah. get away with it. Um, Sexton. Oh, you, you want to jump in? Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I would say Sexton is like, I really like Sexton as a player. And then, you know, he caught a lot of flack for taking too many shots. Um, so he, so I'm, I, if my guess, I don't know for sure. My guess is like, there's more to the knee thing than, you know, meat in the eye. Like they said he knocked knees and then basically out for the year with knee surgery. Mm -hmm. I kind of feel like there might've been something else going on there because his numbers weren't right. And yeah. there was more than enough, even with Ricky Rubio there, there's more enough basketballs to go around. Um, yeah. So, but then you remove him and, um, you know, it, it, everything's just flowing perfectly. Darius Garland is, man, he grew. Like, Doesn't he look bigger than, than when, yeah, I was, I was thinking that and I thought I was tripping out. That's what, that was the, my experience as well. Yeah, but okay, I'm glad that you said that because I, I, I'm, I'm looking at the dude. I'm like, dude, I feel like he's a full like two inches bigger than he was, and then thicker as well. Yeah. And now he has this length that like, and and physicality that, along with the first step. Yeah. So it's like he's kind of a, a you know, he's a handful any way you slice it. And then you got those other pieces. So if he's a handful and you got Jared Allen in the in the screen in the vertical game and then Mobley is just doing everything. Yeah. Like these guys, it's a balanced basketball team. Isaac Okoro, like, you know, just being out there getting you know, gobbling up minutes and not asking for a lot. Good athletic player. Um I mean, there's really no complaint. I, my complaint is that Ricky Rubio is way not anywhere close to as good as people are giving him credit for. You know, he's probably getting credit for resurrecting the franchise. I see that guy flinging into the fifth row all the time. Yeah, but I think I think his effect, I mean, this guy's been around and he's, you know, was a disappointment. You know, another guy that was drafted too high. And <laughs> did you I see Khan's thing today? <laughs> Khan. David Khan, the old GM that picked, uh, you know, Rubio and and uh, no, what do you say? So that somebody tweeted him that they wanted to get a, get an interview with him. <laughs> yeah. said, only if you also interview the GMs that picked Blake Griffin, and he just went down the list all the way up to... <laughs> <laughs> so the guy tweeted out the response. It was like classic con. Like I think it was Dan yeah. Devine said, it's a good thing we all get more um, humble with age. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. But I think that, you know, having those kind of the way that his careers went, I think he is really good for young guys, you know, so just from the locker room, just keeping keeping their heads on and not, you know, it's 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 easy to get way up and way down. And I think like the guys that uh, stick around the sleeve longer are the guys that just kind of take things in and understand that, you know, it's a marathon, you know, and uh, yeah, the losing streak is so yeah. coming like it's like almost every team, unless you're the Suns, the Warriors, yeah, maybe but, even the Nets. The, the kicker, though, if you're playing there, you understand that, like, you mean, you know, you just you, it, it's great for, to see a coach actually coaching his players, not coaching a narrative, 
not coaching a philosophy, just saying, I'm going to win with what I have and I'm going to put them and no matter how weird it seems, I'm going to put them in the best positions for them and the team. So I think when the losing happens, guys, it's easier to get through a losing streak if you know, like, you're still going to be playing the minute you're supposed to be playing, your coach believes in you and stuff. And those are, those are the teams that instead of, like, when they lose three or four in a row, instead of losing three of those games by 20 points, they're going to lose by eight. They're going to lose by seven. They're going to lose by 12. They're going to be involved because they're now invested in the team. There's not games being played about, you know, this and that. They know what they can do and that their coach is picking them in those positions. So when times get tough, you, you stick in there. So that I'm not as worried about, you know, the losing streak because I don't think you're going to see a bunch of like, well, they lost, uh, you know, seven of nine and, you know, five of those were by 25 or more. I just don't, that's not going to be coming uh, for this team. So I think that they'll be able to navigate any losing streak a lot better than some other teams. Yeah. And, and, and another thing here is, I mean, there's a couple, I think it's easy to talk about the Cavs and say, okay, they're playing well. And here's why, you know, I think the question is, can they keep it up? And so many interesting things come to mind. Like I, I really think competitively speaking, like what the talent level is with the squad so right now they're 17 and 12, fourth in the East, uh, three and a half games out from Brooklyn at one. So uh, that's a pretty lofty, you know, whatever that projects out to is like probably 47, 48 wins or something, if I just had to guess. So, like, where are they really? You know, is this a back end of the playoff team? You know, six, seven, eight. Are they uh, a play in team or are they legitimately like a four, five, six? You know, and. That I look at it talent wise. So let's, I mean, above them, they've got Brooklyn, Chicago, Milwaukee. That's yes, yes, and yes is better than the Cavs. Miami, yes, better than the Cavs. Philly, yes, better than the Cavs. Then you get to Washington, Charlotte, Boston, oh, Atlanta. I Philly, I mean, hold on, hold on. I, I think we should slow it up on Philly because <laughs> they, they got to make the right move. And they've, they've, I think, already ruined this thing. Shout out, like, Daryl Morey, new follower yeah. of the show. Golly. Talk about it, man. Talk about it. Fails forward. Good Lord. Uh, That's not a nice know, way to, to welcome a new follower of the show, Cause. <laughs> Do you think but, he got to the 50th minute of the Cause and Brew show? I don't think so. I don't know. But uh-huh. this guy, I mean, they got to they gotta do the right thing because this, this is not working for them. Oh, uh, no. No. So they, they need, so I don't know. I don't know what they're going to receive <laughs> when they do receive it. Well, but it the, has to the Kings right. are extremely desperate right now. <laughs> uh, I, I think every team should be calling Vivek like all day long with the craziest ideas you've ever heard of and, yeah. and, and just try to get it done. Philly. OK, we'll just stipulate that Philly is not necessarily better than the Cavs. Yeah, I, I look more at like I expect the Hawks to jump back in there. I'm a little surprised the Raptors are just 13 and 15, given what I see on the floor in terms of talent. Yeah, I am as well. I I, I hope that they get things figured out. They've just been in a they've been in a lull. The Knicks like a do not surprise me with their struggles. 
No, the 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 problem is the Knicks. They need to get. They've they've done a decent job. I think the one kid being out is affecting them more than people are talking about. Um, who's a, the kid from Duke? Uh, uh, Barrett. I think that's uh, affecting them a little uh, bit more. They, but they they needed to figure out this guard rotation a little bit better before the year started. I mean, it it made sense to add shooting and and playmaking, but like. If you're not going to get a change in play out of Julius Randle, then that and you're not like this. This is top end. That, that was top end Julius Randle. You're not, and now they're guarding him like a star. This is like Julius Randle is. If you're going to win a championship, at best he might be the third or fourth best. Player. And, at best. And and so, has anybody gone to him and said, "Hey, are you going to consider changing the way you're going to play your game?" Yeah, I think he should get back to where. What do you? I know that he can shoot threes now. But he needs to get a little bit mix up a little bit more what he did on the Lakers of catching it at 12 feet and, and going hard that way to just to mix things up a little bit. But just like deciding that he's going to be a, that he's a guard now. That's is, every is, big man's dream. It's so <laughs> funny. It's been that's been the story for as long as basketball has been played, probably. <laughs> now, just unfortunately, now everyone's allowing it. <laughs> and then you see what happens. Three and D or whatever. No, it's not three and D. It's it's just the way oh. it is now. Um, oh. So like looking though, like six, seven, eight, like that seems like exactly in play for the sure. the, the Cavs. And I, I I think that there's when you look at a team that has like six guys playing around thirty minutes per game, that's always mm. ideal. And there's gonna be like, okay, well, what about the depth? Yeah, they do need a piece, you know? They need one more piece to really, like, if they got a really good piece of depth, it it could be in a form of a starter that plays 25-plus minutes per game or a bench guy that plays 25-plus minutes per game to really round out that rotation and maybe put Markinen more into a, you know, into the backup four or five minutes and, you know, just a handful of three minutes and, and to, to really give them some punch in the 2-3 zone. Like I, that, I get excited about them being a possible upset candidate in the first round. You know, catch a team I, that's playing poorly, kind of a deal. I agree in theory. I just think what since you are a small market who hasn't really done anything outside of having LeBron born in Akron in free agency in the past, I think it's more important to just play if there's a actually a good trade and you can get that piece that's fine but you don't want to go selling off the farm farm because it's important that these guys are invested you know it's important that these guys think that they actually have a future here and i and i would i would be i would to me it would be smart to not do anything crazy just so you can win one round and then i would say to come back and draft well again and try to find that piece there. Like I, I would, if I'm Cleveland, I want to look at the long game. Maybe put yourself in position. Find your maybe you find a disgruntled star somewhere down the road, or maybe you draft one. But I, I wouldn't be rushing to trade for Jalen Brown. No, no, <laughs> he, he's exactly who you don't want to trade for. Because of the injuries, just because of the injuries, you know, they just don't. Well, also, <laughs> Darius Garland, I mean, like, let's take one more second on him. Like, maybe a star? Could be. 
He's shooting like 47, uh, I thought off the top of my head, like 47% from the field. Yeah. On a pretty tough diet of shots. Yeah, and he's and he's a uh, he's kind of got the mentality right. Doesn't let too much bother him. Kind of remember who we talked about last the other time. Uh, Anthony Edwards, kind of like moment doesn't seem too big for him. So you you might have your guy. You might have your number two, right? I could see him being the second best player on a championship team. Mm, that's a high praise because really what you're talking about with that is like a top fifteen guy, top twenty guy. Depend on how it's constructed, but I mean, well, who's out there? Who, 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 who are the who are the who are the nineteen young players better than him? <laughs> I don't know. You have to go ask Danny Ainge. <laughs> <laughs> the genius has moved to Utah. <laughs> how fast can Danny Ainge ruin the Utah Jazz? Oh, dude, bro, it's over. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. It, it's 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 done. They're gonna, you know, Mitchell is gonna be gone. How much does he have left on his on his contract? I want to know if if Dwayne Wade does another thing for the Jazz. Huh? I want to know if Dwayne Wade does another thing for the Jazz. Like you know, he sits courtside. Yeah, he's, he's you know, yeah, he's gonna do one more thing. It's 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 called telling Donovan Mitchell he, Mitchell he has to get the hell out of there. <laughs> they, they both suddenly relocate to Miami. <laughs> that's gonna be his thing. <laughs> you know. That's going to be what he does. So Mitchell's got... Oh, Maybe yeah, that was Mitchell. his plan all along. And uh, Oh, hey, we got to close it out on this, man. Um, his plan all along was he and Adrian Brody, I mean, uh, Pat Riley, are, are, are he's like, hey, go to Utah, buy some ownership, get in with Donovan Mitchell, bring him back. Yeah, oh, yeah. And, and, and what I brought up, Adrian Brody, is did you see the, uh, the trailer for the, the new Lakers? I think it's a series on HBO. Yeah, yeah, I did. My uh, my brother-in-law's got a. Uh, my brother-in-law works with a dude, who's uh was a consultant on that, because he was uh, he was Doctor Buss's uh, longtime assistant. What? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so as you were saying that sentence, I was like getting very interested, and then at the end, you were like Doctor Buss's assistant. I was like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure he's yeah, seen some so, things. Yeah, right. <laughs> so um, I'll tell you more off the air, but yeah. yeah oh, well, ain't that a cliffhanger? Um, that, I mean, like the, the casting on that movie looks great, um, or series or whatever it is. Uh, yeah, dude, did you hear, like, the, like a, it's like casting John C. Riley over um, Will Ferrell made a rift between Will Ferrell and the director, or, or the producer. Is that like, Adam Will McKay is the producer? Yeah, like Will Ferrell, and I guess they've worked together on a bunch of stuff. And so, like, I guess Will Ferrell really wanted that. And they're all three of them were friends, too. But he chose uh, John C. Riley, who's a great well, actor. I mean, I don't know. Like, for, John C. Riley's a great I, actor. I love Will Ferrell, don't get me wrong, you know. And I think he's way more talented than a lot of people give him credit for, also. Oh, well, he's a great actor. Like, that, that um, live show he did uh, it was George Bush. Like mm-hmm. that was that's that's really tough to do, folks. He he held the <laughs> stage for an hour plus, you know, just kind of one long skit. Uh, but John C. Riley's perfect for that role. Yeah, it's just the whole look, the aesthetic. That that, that that's gonna be great. I can't wait to watch that. Um, okay, well we gotta end this show. 
Usually we're about another half hour in because we haven't seen or talked with each other in a long time and we'll just go and go and go and go. Um, we're only at an hour cause, so maybe we're getting better at this. You can, you can get this in on your on your commute, depending on what city. Yeah, I was going to say, depending on what city. Well, folks, that will do it for this show. You can find us online at The Cause and Brew Show, at Cause and Brew Show. I don't even know what. You can find us online at The Cause and Brew Show. You can't do that. You can't even find us online. But if you would like to go to Facebook, you can find us at facebook.com slash K-O-Z-A-N-D-B-R-U show. Another one's in the books. Peace. Peace.